1: Time for my one, two, three cents of a podcast on the Jittery Monkey Podcasting Network.
0: Give me the hell yeah! Now, here's your host. The man is also a very long,
1: dear, personal friend of mine. The guy have a name. Yes, he has a name. Kevin Huntsberger. Woo! If you've dreamed of becoming a professional wrestler, it's time to make that dream a reality the stride pro wrestling training academy is now enrolling new students classes meet on tuesdays and thursday nights from 6 to 8 p.m be sure to check out the stride pro wrestling facebook page at facebook.com slash stride pro wrestling and get enrolled now hey friends welcome to episode 429 of the my one two three cents podcast i am kevin Huntsperger, your host and uh We're going to step back in time, 35 years to be exact, and in just a few minutes we'll talk more about the main event and kind of the anticipation, the build-up to it, the fallout from it Um, as a teenage wrestling fan, my perspective at that time, and kind of compare and contrast things today and and maybe a couple, maybe, I'm not sure, controversial takes uh, from that night 35 years later after digesting it through... The last three and a half decades, but, uh, I'm looking forward to talking more about that and, uh, we'll get to it in just a few minutes. I do want to remind you that Stride Pro Wrestling, we had a great show over the weekend, Saturday night, uh, we had No Love Lost setting up for Strideiversary, which is coming up on Saturday, March 4th in Marion, Illinois. So be sure to get your tickets, check it out, uh, check out Stride Pro Wrestling on Facebook And that's the best way. And and subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. We're also going to have a show uh, coming up in less than two weeks now on February 18th. It is the Swing Softball Slamboree. That is a fundraiser for Swing Softball. So uh, if you... Want to come check that out? Be sure to join us again in Marion, Illinois. We're back at the Sioux Drive Center. Uh, And if you're not familiar with that, just message me on Facebook and I will get you hooked up and in the right place for sure. So um, that business out of the way. I do, and this will be a a short episode. Uh, Last week I had kind of hinted around that Vinnie Berry may be the guest this week. And uh, we just could not get our schedules to work out. Um, and I am recording this on Sunday night, the night of the 35-year anniversary of the main event. And what an exciting time that was to be a wrestling fan! I think you know, to me, you know, people talk about what's your favorite era of wrestling, and and a lot of people say the Attitude Era. But for me, that golden era from probably about '83 to the early '90s, '91 ish you know, I was a Hulkamaniac and, and all kinds of things, but there was this buildup, you know, Vince McMahon and the WWF had brought us Saturday night's main event starting in, uh, May of, of 1985. And by 1988, three years later, some three years later, almost three years later, it was time for primetime. I was about a month away from my 15th birthday. And I remember just counting down and looking so forward to this night happening. You know, I used to stay up late uh, and watch Saturday night's main event uh, in those early years of, of that program. And so this happening on a Friday night in prime time, and, you know, I was a loser in high school, so I definitely didn't have plans. And so I sat at home and waited for the show to start. And that open got me really amped up and ready to go. I'm
0: the macho man, Randy Savage, and this is the bravest woman ever to enter a wrestling ring, my manager, the lovely Elizabeth, yeah, and y'all saw that greasy, bully, honky-tonk man strike her down, well tonight he goes down, and I'm gonna send the honky-tonk man on the first bus back to Disgraceland, yeah, cut right Elvis, one-way ticket, yeah. What a whiner that macho <laughs> man is, he couldn't keep this belt. He can't keep his woman satisfied. You all saw her fall head over heels over me. (laughs) And he was a lousy tuna for my guitar. But you know, he's a very lucky man. How so, Jimmy? He's very lucky you don't play the piano. (laughs) I'm Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man. And this is the one and only true heavyweight champion of the world, Andre the Giant. Hulk Hogan may wear the belt for now, but after tonight, that belt will fit as easily around Andre's waist as the giant's hands fit around Hogan's neck. <laughs> Hogan, it felt so good. I can't wait to do it again. <laughs> and again. And again. <laughs> when that big, nasty giant snuck up behind me and put his filthy hands around my neck, I knew I was fighting for my life. Thousands of miles away, Hawker couldn't breathe either. That's why tonight, when I step in the ring with Andre the Giant, the thoughts and the prayers of all those Hulkamaniacs that stood with me through the hard times are gonna go in the ring with me. And Andre the Giant, with all that on my side,
1: Now, I've always been a fan of the Saturday night's main event opens. I love going back and watching the old ones on YouTube and just you know going back into that time and uh, you know if i if I had to name my favorite wrestling open of all time, I think I'm going with Saturday night's main event. I love the uh, the obsession song and and just kind of the you know how they're introducing themselves. The wrestlers are introducing themselves and the managers are introducing and Because they were really hoping to accomplish bringing wrestling more mainstream and introducing folks that maybe were planning to tune in and watch Saturday Night Live, uh, but maybe instead now they'll pick up some some new fans, uh, and so that was the whole premise behind the introductions and whatnot. And I just loved that was always captivated by it. Of course, we just heard the macho man, Randy Savage and the honky tonk man. They were embroiled in their big feud over the intercontinental championship. Macho man had just turned face. And then of course the main event of the main event, Hulk Hogan versus Andre, the giant. It was a rematch from almost a year prior at WrestleMania three, uh, You know, and for us fans who didn't know or didn't, you know, have access and and in those early days when there was no internet, you know, if you didn't know, you didn't know. But Hogan and Andre had wrestled before uh, at Shea Stadium back in 1980, but, you know, for all intents and purposes, us as fans seeing those two hook it up at WrestleMania 3 in 1987 was their first encounter. And so, of course, Hogan wins that matchup, but in some controversial fashion. And 87 progresses on, and we get the Survivor Series, and there's still that rivalry going on between Hogan and Andre. And the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase, comes in from the UWF and is going to use his millions of dollars to buy the championship from Hulk Hogan, who, of course is the uh, biggest baby face in the world, the biggest good guy who's never going to sell out to a corrupt million dollar man, and so he says, no way, uh, you're not buying this belt, I'm not selling it, and that brings this whole new dynamic into the championship race, the championship hunt, if you will, because now you've got Ted DiBiase and Virgil and Andre the Giant and Bobby Heenan all still part of this, and... You know, DiBiase buys the contract from Andre or from Bobby Heenan of Andre the Giant to acquire the services he wants Andre to win the belt for him. And again, Market Square Arena, Indianapolis, Indiana, you know, about five hours from where I was living at the time in St. Louis when I was in high school. Back in the day, man, I would have loved to have been there for that event. Could you imagine being there? But you know, I think sometimes the best seat in the house is sitting on your couch and watching it on TV. And, and that was the case for this. You know, no internet, no spoilers. It was watching a show and just legitimately being captivated. Now, of course, Honky Tonk Man and, and Macho Man had their match first. That led us then into the uh, main event. And it was just an hour long that we saw on TV. Now, there were matches before the actual show started and, and I believe if I remember correctly, it was seven o'clock central time from where I grew up. So I think that probably would have been eight o'clock in Indianapolis, but anyway, um, 33 million people watched that. And that's still, that's a number that blows my mind to this day, uh, that that many people were tuned in and, and watching. And, you know, if you, are a wrestling fan, you you know what happened. We we had the, the twin referees, the evil refs, uh, Earl Heppner, Dave Heppner, um, they screwed Hulk Hogan out of the championship. And, uh, you know, this was Hulk's reaction after losing the belt and figuring out exactly what was going on.
0: All right, Dave. Vince McMahon, Bedlam, and Pandemonium. Things in somewhat of a chaotic state here. Hulk Hogan, I'm sure there's going to be a thorough investigation by the World Wrestling
1: Federation into what happened here tonight. And I know you could not be any more disappointed.
0: How much money did they spend on the plastic surgery, man? I had all bases covered. I had the Hulkamaniacs watching. DiBiase, I had Virgil in his place. Never in my wildest dreams, me, Gene, would I think that I would get ripped off by a penny pinch and 2 and referee. How much money on the plastic surgery? How much money did he spend to pay the referee off when I turned around me, Gene? They were identical, identical. Right, right here, Hulk. Here it look is, is now. Look at the shoulder, brother. There. Look at the shoulder. That's him. The referee has paid off, brother. Look at the $100 bill falling out of this pocket. I know you disappointed. My Hulk, Hogan, Vince McMahon, Jesse Ventura back I mean, to you. I mean, yes. All right, Hulk
1: Hogan is no the upset. And friends, I am I'm not afraid to admit this. Uh, you know, 35 years later, and, I, and I've done videos on this before, but Hogan wasn't the only one crying that night. Um, I broke down and cried when the Hulkster lost. Uh, I was uh, a big-time Hulkamaniac had become a fan of his when he came to the WWF and won the championship and... Um, even though I had kind of grown tired of him in early 87 when he was feuding with Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff, specifically in that cage match that aired in January of, of 87, I, I was pulling for Mr. Wonderful. I'll admit that. But then when he, uh, when Hogan solidly beat Andre the Giant and, you know, I became, I became renewed in my Hulkamania and, and, um, So yeah, I was upset, and I I remember I was crying so loudly that my brother came in from the other room to make sure that I was okay to see what in the world was going on. Why is my older brother crying over a wrestling show? And you know, I was so invested in the Hulkamania character and, and whatnot, and I remember, you know, of course, obviously, Andre relinquishes the championship to Ted DiBiase, and that just sets a chain of events up um, that leads us to WrestleMania to get to the tournament. But before we get to that, I will say this. And I, you know, it wasn't until a couple of years ago that I really put some thought into this uh, in the time being. I think at the time, WWE acknowledged Andre the Giant's victory as him being a former WWF champion, even though it was for like, what, a minute and a half, if even, relinquishing the belt to Ted DiBiase, who then gets stripped of the belt because of the nefarious means that that it all went about, President Jack Tunney making that call. But then there's been some question, some debate, if Ted DiBiase should be acknowledged as a former WWF, WWE champion. And I'm leaning now. I, I believe he should be for the story line purposes. He was champion. You know, when he left Market Square Arena that night, when the TV, when we turned off our TVs after the Strike Force and uh, Heart Foundation tag team title match that they left as it was still in action, um, Ted DiBiase was the champ. And I don't remember how they handled the syndicated programs because in St. Louis, we got the syndicated programming then on Sunday morning. I don't remember the immediate fallout from that and and how it was played out and how it was introduced. But I do now have gone back and looked at some events, some live events, some house shows that happened in the wake of the main event. And for several days afterward, Ted DiBiase showed up at those events with the WWF championship and was laying claim to being the champ. So I think, you know, even though it was a very brief moment in history, I I think Ted DiBiase should be recognized as a former WWE WWF champion. I'd like to know what you think. Let me know. Weigh in over at my123cents on Facebook. Twitter, Instagram, and of course, YouTube. uh, And let me know. You can also comment on this uh, podcast. And speaking of which, leave a review and let me know what you think of the show and and the brand and what we're doing here with My123Cents. Now, I mentioned, I believe it was, a so it must have probably been in that next week after the main event happened that Jack Tunney announces that the title has been Stripped, and we're going to have a tournament at WrestleMania. And I remember I wanted Hulk Hogan to win, but if Hulk Hogan wasn't going to win, my next pick was, and I knew in my head, you know, as a near 15 year old, I knew in my head they wouldn't have had Hulk Hogan lose the belt if he was going to just then immediately win it at WrestleMania. And I was, you know, I was a fan of the Macho Man when he turned uh, good in the fall of 87. So I was, I was becoming a Macho Man fan and enjoying him. I, I appreciated his work obviously, but to say that I was a fan, you know, I was one of those marks that just until the guy was a a good guy, a face, I, I usually did not cheer for him. Honky Tonk Man was the rare exception to that rule for me. Anyway, I say all that to say, you know, WrestleMania comes and, uh, Macho Man ends up winning the heavyweight title becomes the WWF champion, and I remember being in my keyboarding class, it was typing, you know, we had typewriters back then, and we had to write a letter to someone typing it out, and I wrote a letter to Hulk Hogan, because I had picked Bam Bam Bigelow to go all the way in the tournament at WrestleMania Four, and he came up very short, and so... Hulk Hulkster also loses or, you know, misses out on his opportunity to regain the championship because of the double disqualification with Andre. So I wrote Hulk Hogan a letter in my keyboarding class on the typewriter, encouraging him to team up with Bam Bam Bigelow to take on Axe and Smash of Demolition and go after the WWF tag team titles. Now, of course, I didn't know this was all leading up to the Mega Powers and the wonderful, fantastic storyline that goes along with that. So, here's my take on all that. I think the, the you know, in recent history, you know, just in the last couple of weeks, we saw an amazing storyline unfold, and it continues to unfold with The Bloodline. Probably the best storyline in, in WWE since the Daniel Bryan underdog story, the Yes Movement, and all that good stuff. It's that long, long-term storytelling that I just am an absolute fan of. And you know, prior to that, you know, we, we see big gaps in that and, and we get these opportunities to enjoy these long lasting stories. And I know that people can poke holes and things and whatnot, but I'm saying all that to say that I think, you know, because we talk about the mega powers and the buildup of the mega powers, which really technically started, you know, I say in the fall of 87, and it played all the way out through. Uh, April of '89, when you know the the match happens at WrestleMania, but those early seeds for it were being planted, and I I think the Hogan Andre Ted DiBiase um, undercard or not undercard the the story going on there is a a, a chapter or as a part of the Mega Powers explosion story as well. If I'm making sense, and I hope that I am, but without Hogan losing the belt then Savage doesn't get it and then we don't get the whole jealousy angle and the the help at was it SummerSlam when when or might have been WrestleMania I think it was SummerSlam when Hogan helps balance Elizabeth on Macho Man's shoulders and did he touch her behind or not and you know all of that good stuff so I think without the Hogan getting screwed out of the championship leading up to Macho Man winning the title, you know, we obviously then don't have the whole mega powers thing. So in hindsight, you know, 14 year old or 15 year old me by the time WrestleMania rolled around, hoping that Bam Bam won didn't make much sense. Uh, You know, it was obviously clear that Macho Man should have been the champion seeing as where they were going with the story. And again, a great, amazing story that was told there. But anyway, uh, again, I was, I'm keeping this short and sweet. I just wanted to share a quick story. Uh, original podcast idea fell through for this week. So uh, hopefully next week we'll have Vinny Berry here on the show, but, uh, I, I just want to hear your thoughts. What did you think of Hulk Hogan losing the championship? You know, for Four years, four plus years, that dominant champion, beating the Iron Sheik, going on to beat guys like Big John Studd and Rowdy Roddy Piper. Well, he didn't technically beat Piper, but they had that feud going on. And Mister Wonderful Paul Orndorff and King Kong Bundy and and Andre the Giant eventually, and then Andre uh, avenges his WrestleMania loss and and gets the gold for a fleeting moment. So. Let me know your thoughts, your feelings on all of that as well. And will we, you know, I'm curious to see where this storyline goes with the bloodline and Sami Zayn and and Roman Reigns. I know they're going to hook it up. Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn are going to hook it up at uh, Elimination Chamber. So uh, what do you think is going to happen there as well? Let me know. And again, don't forget to review uh, the podcast podcast. Give me your thoughts on everything and uh, have a great week. And we will talk again very soon. This is a production of the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network. For more jittery shenanigans, go to jitterymonkey.com.